Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to the VIP Ignite podcast. I'm your host, Janine White. Tonight, I have a truly special guest on the show. Megan Kane is a model, an actress, and a candidate for the Mars One Mission, a published author of children's books, the treasurer of the International Space Safety Commission, an export control officer for Spire Global, and a VIP Ignite Inner Circle member. I'm really excited to bring someone with such a vast array of experience to you this evening. I'm really excited that we are going to have the chance to talk to her. Hi, Megan. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us this evening. My pleasure. Okay, so we'll just jump right into it. I've talked to a whole lot of people over the years, but I've never talked to someone who's working toward a goal of traveling to Mars. Can you tell me <laughs> and my and the audience, when did you decide, you know what, I want to travel to Mars, and how exactly does one prepare for that? Um, I decided when I was about 16, I think it was like a couple of weeks before my 16th birthday, Sitting in geography class, I'd always been fascinated with space, but I wanted to be a farmer as a kid. And we watched this documentary about NASA's planned 2020 mission to Mars. This is a while ago, obviously. And I was like, I'm going to be on that flight. I'm going to be there. So I walked up after the class and told my geography teacher, I'm going to be there on that mission. He said, well, we'll watch the launch together. So... More than you, half my life. You told him that you were going to be on that mission. He said, great, we'll watch, we'll watch the launch together? <laughs> no, I'll either, you'll either be on it or we'll watch it together. Oh, okay. I was launch. like, that was not very encouraging of him. <laughs> no, no, it was very encouraging because he said that we would, I would get to, uh, I would either be on it or we would watch the launch of the rocket together. Oh, awesome. Which I found very so, encouraging. Yeah, when when I first heard what you said, I heard it. I heard the wrong thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I was like, oh, now now I can now I can see how that would be encouraging. So, like, how like can you give me an idea of like how you're preparing for that? Like, what goes into that? So there's no set path for how to get to Mars. How does one become an astronaut? And I tried that traditional route. Um, I didn't end up becoming an Air Force fighter pilot like the first ones, but I did do some Air Force training, and then I got my degree in physics instead of engineering and was in the Peace Corps, not the Air Force. So slightly different path. Um, Right now, I work at a space company for my uh, main job, and... I recently did a experiment with NASA where I was one of four people in an isolation study to simulate a long duration. duration. Uh, this one was two and was two and was two and similar to the type of mission we do to Mars. 
where you have limited communication back home and a small area of space whereby you can live in. The that, mission is called That sounds Hera. very interesting. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's cool. ongoing. So they were still looking for the next group of people. You have to meet the basic qualifications to be an astronaut in order and pass the physicals and everything to do the program. But they are looking for people. So anyone over 30 that always wanted to be an astronaut and has a bachelor's or master's degree in science, engineering, technology, or mathematics can apply. That's, that's, I've never even, um, when I was in high school, we, I had, there was, there was a girl that, um, of one of my good friends during like junior high and high school, she always wanted to be an astronaut. She wanted to go to space camp and everything like that. And I think she may have actually gone to space camp, but I've never, oh, that's really, that's just, it's pretty exciting to be able to talk to, to someone who's like doing that. Mm-hmm. So I've done a few other things over the years. Um, after Peace Corps, I went to the International Space University and got my master's in space management. My uh, father likes to tease me that it's about closets, but it's not. It's about it's space, about as in outer space, oh. not closets. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and after that, I started work at the company I'm with now, Spire Global, and began doing a few other things. I did a space flight experiment with the University of Texas where I got to simulate the launch and reentry of the proposed suborbital spacecraft. They were testing it on people with certain medical conditions. I was part of the control group. It was awesome. Uh, six Gs. Six Gs uh, through the chest and four down through the head at the same time. Roller coasters just aren't all that fun anymore. <laughs> I, I can't. I can imagine they must not be after you've done that. Yeah, they tend to be about so, one point three. Oh wow! Well, that's enough for me. I um am petrified <laughs> of of roller coasters, so I don't think that I'll um be volunteering to try to do any of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so is so. You're very, you're obviously a very technical person. If you studied physics and you um, majored in anything that has to do with you going to Mars, so how do you balance that <laughs> with the creative side? Because you've also um, published children's books and you're helping yeah. art artists and authors get published. So how do you balance the yep. technical with the creative? Most people are either super technical or super creative. So a lot of people are what we call specialists. They have their area of expertise, and they like to excel at that. I am not a specialist. I am what is called a generalist, which means that I have a wide variety of interests. I like to say that I am a generalist aspiring to be a polymath. If you don't know what a polymath is, it's someone like Leonardo da Vinci or Michelangelo or... Isaac Newton, they're all people who were brilliant at the technical and logical side of things and also created masterpieces of artwork or music or beauty in other ways. Um, So that's what I aspire to be. 
we'll see if I ever get there. So I mean, it seems to me that you're well on the way to that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working at it. Um, basically, I can't do the technical without the creative, and I can't do the creative if I don't get to do technical. Um, I have to balance the two of them. I have to do things that are extremely logical, and I have to do things that are extremely creative. Of course, the best of both worlds is something that allows me to use my creativity to do something very technical or okay. use my technical abilities to do something very creative. For example, when I set up the children's books, most people don't have a problem writing the books or doing the illustrations, but when it comes time to getting it into the right format and then getting it, uh, the publishing stuff set up on Amazon and all that fun stuff, that side is difficult because they would focus mm-hmm. on the creative process. I just kind of transitioned um, my creative side into the uh, more technical side. One thing I'm, I'm not sure that comes in handy with, um, like with acting as well, because you have to be creative okay. and you also have to. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. So part of the reason that I absolutely love doing acting is it allows me to take a step back and use my creative side to show someone a different person. And I get very technical when I think about it. So I think when I bring up, when I have a character, I try and think of like, who are they? What's their perspective on life? Are they, do they like this? What do they like? What do they dislike? Uh, What's their internal belief system? Because their belief system doesn't have to match with mine. Um, Mm -hmm. In fact, Two of the characters uh, that, I, that I have out on Amazon are very different from who I am as a person, but I was able to go through and think of, well, how would this person, this character that I've been given, how would they react? What would they, what would they do in these situations? And it really helps to bring life and depth to the character. And I just love doing that because I go through and I think about who the character is, what their backstory is, what I know of it, and then what I don't know I can make up or ask if I can. Uh, usually there's enough to get a good feel for what I – and make assumptions. <clears throat> I'll often ask if I make assumptions, if those are okay assumptions to make. There's out on Amazon what um... – have you done movies or shows or? Yes, yeah, so there are two Indian. The, the, so, sorry, there are two indie films uh, that I worked with my friend Rachel on. Um, we've got a third one in post production right now. And we're looking at maybe doing a sequel. We'll see. Oh, that's really <clears throat> cool. And and they can be found yeah. on so like on Prime. Yep, they're on Prime or Amazon Video. Um, okay. Oh, cool. Amazon Prime, yeah. They're on Amazon Prime itself, so if you have Prime, you can watch them for free. If you don't have Prime, you I think it's a couple dollars to rent them or buy them. Um, oh. The best way to get to them is actually through my uh, IMDB page. Okay. Which if you don't have Very that cool. one, I'll I can send to... you the link. I'll... Yeah, I'll definitely look into that. That's really that's... I would love to see your work because it's, I'm, I've 
since Michael told me about you and that I would be interviewing you, I've been like completely mm-hmm. fascinated with just the um just the way that you use both sides of your brain. I was like, I I told him, I was like, I am so intimidated to even talk to her. He was like, you're going to love it. Don't worry. I was like, okay. Yeah, no. So many people are like, that's amazing. I'm like, I don't know how to do anything different, you know, in your own head. It's just who you are. Exactly. And my, uh, when I was living in Africa in the Peace Corps, my adoptive family there used to look at me after I explained something or said what I wanted to do. And they'd be like, ah, Maggie Yeka, which means Megan is herself. <laughs> That's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> because I didn't make sense to them. They knew it. I knew it. It was fine. Yeah. But I mean, as, lo- I mean as long as everyone ex- as long as as long as everyone um, understands that, it's fine. Yeah, you don't have to understand someone to love them and accept them. You don't even have to agree with them nope. to accept them. That's something that I found a no, lot of you, people forget. Yeah, I mean, it's, especially in this day and age, if you don't, if you don't, people feel like if we don't agree on the same exact thing that all of a sudden we can't like each other. But the thing is, is like we're all human and we all just have different characters and different belief sets. We all have a different perspective. Each person is the center of their own universe from their perspective. We can't see it any other way. Anytime we assume we're seeing it from a different perspective, we are making assumptions about what that other perspective is based on our perspective. It's actually one of the reasons I love reading fiction because you get to see, and why I love uh, doing acting, you can see another world. You can see another person's perspective. It's written down. It's someone else imagining a different person's perspective or a whole set of different people's perspectives. Which I am I a huge fascinating. Um, yeah, I mean, I was an English major, so I've never, like, I've always been drawn to books since I was a kid, and I never really thought of it like that. So that, you just blew my mind a little bit, oh, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're an English major. I'm assuming you've read Pride and Prejudice. Yes, I love Pride and Prejudice, one of my favorites. Have you read, uh, someone wrote Mr. Darcy's uh, Perspective. I can't remember the name of the book right now, um, but somebody wrote Mr. Darcy's Perspective. And published it on Amazon. I don't know that I've read that, but I'll definitely have to look into that because it is fascinating because it's the same story and it's from his perspective. Because the other one is written from basically Lizzie's side of the story. Yeah. Or an objective point of view, semi objective point of view. But it was written by. Um, one of my favorite sets of books that I have is by David Eddings. And after the main storyline, he wrote two other books about two of the characters who are father and daughter. And they tell the same story from the father's perspective and the daughter's perspective. And 
you learn all sorts of different details in both. And like the sit, you can hardly recognize some of the situations that get into. Mm -hmm. I mean, you figure it out because of the names and the places are the same, but you're like, are those actually the same thing that happened? Because they think of them completely differently. Wow. I'll I'll definitely have to check that out. I feel like that's how it is with families a lot of times. Like you'll, my sister, I have one sister and we both lived the same childhood, but we have completely different perceptions of what happens. So (laughs) I've had a lot of siblings and yep. Very different perspectives. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Okay. So can you tell me how you learned about VIP Ignite and how you got involved with those guys? So I started looking into the entertainment industry. um, When was it? Towards the end of 2016. um, After an offhanded comment from a coworker, she said I looked like a rock star in my red leather jacket and my spiked hair. I was like, oh, that's cool. (laughs) I never thought of that. That's when I started looking. Um, And I looked at a number of different things, and none of them really, like, connected. I was having a hard time trying to figure out how do you even get started, whether you want to do it professionally or you want to do it as a creative outlet because your job doesn't have one for you. You need someone to help you get started. You need to know, well, where do I find castings? What am I supposed to do when I go to them? Um, When do I talk about being paid? How does this work? What is SAG? When do I have to join it? Um, So I had all sorts of questions, and I knew I didn't know what I didn't know. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was looking for information on that. And I had signed up for a um, for the webinar. I got it. I don't know if it was an email or if I saw it as an ad campaign. Um, and it was like, we're going to tell you about how to get started in the industry. I'm like, oh, that sounds good. Because that's exactly what I was looking for. And I attended the, very, the webinar. Um, and Allie was very, very real with us. She's like, it's not an easy industry. Uh, you have to work at it. Uh, you you can't be uh, too sensitive about people saying, no, you don't look right for the role. Because what they will actually say is, no, you don't look right. Because they won't go into the for the role part. They'll just say, no, you don't. And you'll be judged okay. a lot. Um hmm she also told us that it was not necessarily cheap to get started because a lot of times you start doing um, student films, indie films, things that don't pay well if they pay at all. Um, mm-hmm. For example, the two films that I have up on Amazon, I didn't get paid for those. Okay. Uh, it was an indie project. We all volunteered our time. The sets were all volunteered, everything. The photographer, uh, the videographer, and everything. And, of course, it's not a Hollywood-quality film. It has a good story to it and everything. But we were dealing with much, with a lot lower quality equipment than some of the, anything that has a budget, because we didn't have one. Um, so we knew up 
from talking with Allie, I knew up front that she was she knew the industry and she knew how to get started. So when I did my interview with her, because you have to sign up after the webinar to do an interview, we chatted about what it was, why I wanted to do the acting um, and the commercial modeling, because commercial modeling is basically acting only sometimes it's just still photos. At least that's my interpretation. Yeah, that's definitely what I've heard from Ryan, but not said exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it to me if they if they're doing a commercial, that's acting. If they just want to take pictures, uh that's modeling, but they call them the same like they use the words interchangeably now because the people who are doing the commercials are also the people who do the still fo- photos. Because you'll see a commercial and you'll see stills of that same person uh, in other advertisements usually. Okay. At least that's what I've seen. Yeah, no, definitely. When you look in magazines and you watch television, like the the same people are representing them on two different mediums. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I so you... went to... No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was no, I think you're to... leading right into it, so go ahead. <laughs> All right. So I went uh, to the very first uh, event that I could, which was in um, L.A. And once again, uh, my analytical nature sort of took over, and I made sure that I could get headshots and things from a book because I was told that I needed stuff for a book, and I didn't have any. So I... Surprised Allie by getting my pictures printed the very same day by using my computer to resize them and get them printed just at Walgreens. Um, and I helped a few other people with it as well because it's forward and obvious to me that that's what I need to do after looking at how you could get things printed because 9 by 12s aren't easy to get printed anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can print 11 by 14s at every Walgreens and CVS. So I just formatted my picture as an as an 11 by 14 with white space around it, and then they just chop the white space off when they when they finish the print. So nice. I applied my analytical side to the creative stuff, and it's been very helpful. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't have thought to do that. So, and it was the first thing so, I thought of when I realized I couldn't find nine by 12s. That's fantastic. But I knew how to use the software from doing my books and stuff. Okay. And other artwork. Because I used one of my artware soft, art softwares. It's called GIMP. It's basically Photoshop Lite for free. You can do a lot of the things oh. you can do in Photoshop, but not all of them. And it's a free open okay. source project, which is a lot of fun. Yeah. So you've definitely been to a couple events. Can you give us your um, perspective on, like, the Inner Circle events? Like, I know you were in L.A. Um, last month, right, and then you were in New York this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my opinion on the events is you get out of them what you put into them. If you go into the event prepared and you go into the event knowing 
that you're there to learn and make connections. These are networking and learning events. They are not getting you an audition with someone. That is always a possibility that you will get an audition because of it. But you are building relationships and you are uh, learning about the industry from people who have been in it for a long time. And if you don't go into it with that mindset that you're there to learn, and realistically speaking, the mastermind is the biggest part of the learning experience, and the actual event is much more about networking and learning the ins and outs of how different um, actors in the industry perceive their role and your role. We talked to casting directors. Well, casting directors stood and talked to us uh, about what they do, and they answered questions as well, but it was more along the lines of casting directors telling you what they, what, what they look for, how they work with people, uh, when they will, um, what they do when they're doing the interview, I mean the audition. Um, we spoke with uh, a, their agents who told us what their process was. Some people have a lot of it, a lot of people. Some people are like, yeah, I manage a handful of people and I build them up and then I hand them off. Okay. Or I stay with them to the end. We heard about the music industry. You basically have an expert in different areas of each industry telling you what it's like from the other side and what you can expect from people like them. Okay. Which is immensely helpful because if you are going to talk to a casting director, having heard from a casting director, we really don't like it when you do X, is really helpful. Or do this when you meet a casting director or have this prepared. So helpful. Yeah, it's about like tools you need. Especially, like you said, you're there. So you broke up. Could you repeat that? Yeah, I said it sounds like the um, as long as you go into the events with the mindset that you're there to learn and gather information and network, then 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 the events are extremely helpful. Especially if you're Mm -hmm. going, if you if you don't really know a lot and you're going in and you want to learn about the industry. That's right. Um, They definitely are very helpful for that. And the networking, you have to put the energy into the networking. And it's not just that day. You have to follow up, which follow-up is the part that's difficult for most of us. Like, well, when do I send a message? Uh, If I don't have anything important to say, what do I say? And for that, my biggest piece of advice is look at what the person that you want to talk to is doing and comment on what they're doing. Don't try and bring up necessarily what you're working on. Just like their stuff on Facebook, Instagram, whatever media you're following them on, or send them a message saying, I really like this, or something that happens, send condolences, that sort of thing. Just Mm -hmm. keep in touch on what they're interested in, because it's not about you. I mean, you're trying to create a relationship. That means you need to be interested in them and what they're doing. 
Does that make sense? I think that's by far the big, the best piece of advice that anyone's given so far is that when you're, is that you have to really make sure that when you're building those relationships, you're showing an interest in the person because you have to treat them like a person and they'll remember that because so many people are coming to them and just asking them for what they want. So that's awesome. Yeah. Don't ever ask well, to them. Can you put me in your movie? Yeah. No. Yes, that reeks of desperation. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, our, our time has fl- our time has flown by. We have one minute left, so I just want to say oh. thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me tonight, and I hope we get to do this again soon. Yeah, just keep in touch, and you have my website information. And if you yeah. need anything else, just uh, let me know. Let's I definitely will. Yes, thank you so much, Megan. You have a great night, okay? All right, you too. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Well, thank you very much for logging in, checking in with our podcast this evening. If you want more information on how you can become an actor, model, musician, and if you would like information on meeting industry leaders like Ryan Colby and Inner Circle members like Megan Kane, please make sure that you visit our website at ammsociety.com. Thank you very much and have a great evening.